Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Chrissy Teigen breaks her silence and wonders how could I have done that in a new post about her hurtful past tweets. Plus, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Girardi and her estranged husband under fire. And Bethany Frankel on her age-defying new business venture and that gorgeous engagement ring. It's June 14th. Hi there. This is People Every Day. I'm Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday. Congrats are in order for a few folks in the news this weekend. First off, Wasabi, the three-year-old Pekingese, took home Best in Show at the Westminster Dog Show. And I have to say my eight-year-old Pekingese, Bijan Clooney, yes, like George, is so proud of his breed. But also, congrats to Gwen Stefani, who posted about celebrating her bridal shower this weekend. Though folks are guessing she and fiancé Blake Shelton may have done more than that. Eagle-eyed fans noticed an extra ring on that finger and are wondering if the two voice stars indeed tied the knot. But nothing's confirmed, so just happy they're happy. Uh, Speaking of engagements and weddings and whatnot, I talked to Bethany Frankel later in the show. Of course, the mogul and Real Housewives of New York alum is headed down the aisle soon with her movie producer fiancé, Paul Burnin. But she has so much more going on, and we get into the inspiration behind her buzzed-about new Forever Young wine brand, as well is how she's paying it forward and sharing her expertise with struggling small business owners. So stay tuned for that. But joining me now to break down top stories are my colleagues, Michelle Coriston and Adam Carlson. Hi, Coriston. Hi, Carlson. I like Hi, that. Janine. Hi, Janine. Good morning. You guys have good names for like a show. I like it. Um, So, uh, like I said, we're going to talk to Bethany Frankel later in the show. And, you know, she gives us that whole housewives feel. But there is another housewife that is making news right now. And it's all about uh, just the drama going on in her life, the financial drama. So The Housewife and the Hustler is an ABC News original special for Hulu that, you know, premiered. And we are just learning about... Erica Jane from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and her estranged husband, Tom Girardi. Michelle, this is in your complete wheelhouse, right? Can you break this down for me? Yes. So this is a very shocking drama. Usually these sort of Bravo dramas kind of encapsulate Real Housewives, but this is like national news we're talking because Tom Girardi is a very, very famous lawyer most famous probably for being the real attorney in the Aaron Brockovich case. And they are just embroiled in divorce drama, legal drama. There are some cheating allegations. And health drama, too. It's like this story really touched on like so many different things. So for those who don't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, just break down Erica Jane. Like, how, how would you describe her? Erica Jane is her stage name. Her real name is Erica Girardi. And she goes by Erica Jane as her alter ego, who is this sort of dance, music, pop star, over the top persona. Of course, 
her entire pop career has been funded by her very wealthy lawyer husband. So when she came onto the scene on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she was really fun. She was this sort of like lawyer's wife at home. And then she was this really sexual, out there, liberated pop star in her free time. And I think one of her biggest contributions to the franchise is that she brought the glam. Like before Erica, it was not necessarily normal on Beverly Hills for every housewife to have makeup done, hair done, literal wardrobe stylists. And they she really helped bring that behind the scenes action in front of the cameras. So much so that on the most recent episode, Kathy Hilton, who's new to the bunch, they were on a trip to Tahoe and she was like, I just, I brought like sweaters and jeans. <laughs> and her sister, Kyle Richards was like, Kathy, these ladies turn looks. And I really think that was Erica's influence. <laughs> do you watch Adam? I do. I, I, can picture exactly why Kathy Hilton does not understand how to dress for a housewives trip. Although if she had just Googled any of people's recaps, we would have given her the fashion advice. Um, but I, I love a tasteful sweater in Tahoe, uh, Kathy. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm team Kathy because we've seen that this sort of excess mm-hmm. is what exactly what is getting Erica and Tom in trouble. Yeah, it's problematic. So so he is, of course, this mega lawyer. And I love you pointing out Aaron Brockovich because everyone knows. I mean, I picture the actor who played him, but everyone knows that lawyer and, and that case. But uh, he, you know, is a, he had a former law firm, Girardi Keese. And behind the scenes of all the, you know, fighting for you know, the everyday person, uh, it had a reputation for being over the top and lavish itself, right? Right. And and a lot of people in the legal community do feel that Erica being on the show made it even more obvious. Mm. For example, when she first came on, she sort of matter-of-factly stated that they personally owned two private jets, one regional, one international. Travel's never an issue. And wow. in yeah. And in the documentary, um, some some colleagues, some other attorneys say that's really not a good look, especially for like a firm like Tom's that is supposed to be helping regular everyday people in tragic circumstances beat these sort of big corporations and and fight and get what they're owed. And and one of the colleagues said, we're not supposed to be the man. We're supposed to protect people against the man. For sure. And and just speaking about some of those cases, there's the case out of San Bruno, California. I remember this. I'm from California, where that house, it seemed like an entire neighborhood blew up because of a gas line. And they took on that case, one, and got, you know, this family millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And now the family is saying they were never seeing that money or they never saw the lump sum that they were supposed to. And that Girardi and his law firm just hadn't handled their money well, right? Right. Yeah. To really boil it down in the simplest terms, the allegations are that the firm and Tom were using funds that they won in these sort of really large class action settlements. Mm-hmm to help keep the firm running instead. And then they would say, oh, we're going to give you monthly payments. We're going to invest and those payments wouldn't come. And so the question is, you know, it seems allegedly that they were using the money to help keep the firm afloat. And then were they using it to fund Erica's pop star career? Were they using it to fund these private jets, all this glam that those are the really big questions um, that 
people are trying to figure out. Oh my goodness. Uh, Let's shift over a little bit um, to a headline that's coming out of the world of music. And Adam, I need you to take me through this one. Sheryl Crow um, is opening up about being sexually harassed by Michael Jackson's late manager, Frank Delio. So, so like there, there's a lot of like twists and turns there, but apparently she's just opening up about a horrible experience she had, right? Yeah. So this is an experience she's describing in a new interview uh, with a UK paper. And she says that it happened back in the eighties when she first began her career as a backup singer for Michael Jackson back in LA. And this is now nearly 30 plus years ago. I think a lot of people don't remember now that Sheryl Crow was right there on stage with Michael Jackson for one of his biggest tours of the late 80s. And she got her start there, used that as a launching pad for her album. What we didn't know until this interview is she says offstage, his manager, Frank, was subjecting her to what she calls a long bout of sexual harassment. And she says it, it helped fuel this depression she describes in the early 90s when she returned home to LA. And she didn't talk about it for so many years. And now, you know, at home in, in Nashville, we have an older wiser Sheryl Crow, and she's saying, this is my story. Wow. And and so, I mean, it can't uh, be misunderstood. Like, this is specifically about his manager, because people, you know, might read the headline and see Michael Jackson, who has, of course, been in the news for, you know, his own sexual assault and, and, and abuse allegations that have been leveled at him by people for years, really. Um, but this is about someone who was working for him. And and what happened, I, I would guess, around some of the same time as the stuff that came up against Michael, right? Yeah, like you're saying, it kind of collapses and mixes those two things together. And she talked a few years ago, actually, about her time around Michael Jackson when there was a resurgence in some of these allegations around his behavior with children. And she says, I was touring with him, I was on stage, but he actually had no idea who I was. You know, she's like, I don't think we ever really interacted. Years later, when I was at the Grammys with him, she's like, I don't think he even recognized me. But his manager, Frank, who was, you know, one of his his key, most powerful aides, Frank was right there in her ear, she says, when she was a backup singer. And he says, according to her, things like, give me what I want, I can ruin your career. He was coming on to her, and she resisted all of those advances and later made a brief mention about the whole thing in a song on her first album. Uh, But we should say Frank uh, Delio died a decade ago um, after some heart health issues. He's never addressed the uh, this story publicly. He he wasn't able to because she never spoke about it. But she now is giving a full accounting. Well, um, Michael Jackson's invoked in this in in a couple of ways as well, right? So uh, there's reporting, I guess not in this interview, but Sheryl Crow has said that uh, the manager planted stories about her and Michael in the past. Right. So it kind of feeds into this whole environment of her feeling like she's being taken advantage of multiple ways in this tour. And she was the back, you know, she was the backup singer. She was on stage with this glorious curly blonde hair. And there were rumors and reports at the time that maybe there was more going on. Maybe Michael Jackson, you know, the most famous pop star, had a romance with a with a backup singer. She now says not only, of course, was that not true. She believes that his manager was planting those stories as a way to deflect other scrutiny about Michael Jackson's sexuality, about his personal life uh, that we know, of course, continued to dog him until his death. 
right, guys, I am joined now by People.com Managing Editor Charlotte Triggs, who's going to break down another big story that's blowing up right now. Chrissy Teigen is breaking her silence as she is dealing with the, the reckoning that happened around her last month and her old tweets that were very hurtful, very negative, and she's just addressing it. So, Charlotte, take me through uh, what she's saying and where she's saying this. Yeah, so Chrissy has kind of resurfaced after laying really low for a while, um, and she wrote an essay on Medium where she's explaining basically the fact that she has spent the last few weeks realizing what a jerk she was in her earlier years. The person who, of course, sparked this whole thing was Courtney Stodden, who um, recently spoke out about the fact that Chrissy had sent a tweet saying, why don't you kill yourself, and just how devastating that actually was and really ultimately not acceptable. Yeah. And, and Courtney Stodden, if we remind people, was someone who was at the center of a lot of media attacks and, and frenzy back in the early, uh, or I guess, mid-2000s, right? Right, um, right? At the time, they had married a 51-year-old, and they were just 16 years old. And everyone was kind of punching at Courtney. And Chrissy Teigen was just one of many, it seemed, right? Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of people beyond just Chrissy Teigen commenting on them. I mean, it was, you know, it, Dr. Phil having a special episode, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like constant TMZ coverage. And on reflection, this, you know, uh, Courtney is now realizing that this stuff was not okay. It was really not cool that they were being groomed, you know, when they were underage to feel that this kind of stuff was acceptable and it really wasn't. So that was the issue that sparked this whole debate with Chrissy. And then of course people began finding, well, it's not so hard to find this. It was her shtick. She used to send really mean tweets all the time, like yeah. all day long. Yeah. I was just what queen, did. right? Like that was 100%. her name. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, but there were a lot of um, things sent to other high profile people. Some of them were a little bit like really dark where it like had to do with like suicidal themes and stuff like that. She sent a tweet about making fun of Lindsay Lohan saying every role that Emma Stone gets, it's like Lindsay Lohan's slicing another cut in her wrist, which is just really, like it was really, really mean. Like that's putting it, Gently. Yeah. And, and she writes in her, her Medium blog, in reality, I was insecure, immature, and in a world where I thought I needed to impress strangers to be accepted. If there was a pop culture pylon, I took to Twitter to try to gain attention and show off what I, at the time, believed was a crude, clever, harmless quip. I thought it made me cool and relatable if I poked fun at celebrities. And She's been on the receiving end of this um, herself now. So it's kind of a full circle. But what really interested me, what she wrote, um, I mean, all of it, but specifically what she had to say about being a mom and, and Luna and John. So so take me into how she kind of invoked that world into this online yeah, situation. it's interesting because it's like, so she says that one of the things that people would always observe is that they would say like, oh my God, you're so much nicer in person. And she never really realized that that should have been something that she maybe took as a red flag. Like, what is my internet persona that people think I'm like some horrible, mean person? So when she sees her daughter becoming more and more like her, it just made her realize that she wouldn't want to impart these lessons, wouldn't want to, mm. you know, inspire her own daughter to behave that way. You know what I mean? And like truly recognize 
reckoning with her own past. We know from her own um, previous statements and, and comments and stuff like that, that she had stopped drinking, that she was, you know, for a while, at least earlier in the year, she had revealed that she was sober and that now she's revealing that she's been to therapy. I mean, I think that there's definitely a lot of self-reflection going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The work is being done. So that's a good thing. Charlotte, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Next up, Bethany Frankel takes us into her life and work now. Stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Guys, the mogul, the mom, the maven of mixed drinks, Bethany Frankel, is on the show today. She, of course, rose to fame as an original cast member of The Real Housewives of New York, Roni, a show she dominated for eight seasons. And she is the founder of the hit Skinny Girl Spirits and Lifestyle brand on top of a brand new wine that I am so excited about. Okay, and we're going to discuss that. And we'll also get into how she's partnered with Scotch Brand to help inspire other business owners. We are getting to hear from Bethany so much more these days. Thanks to her iHeartRadio podcast, Just Be with Bethany Frankel. And can't forget her new HBO Max business competition show, The Big Shot with Bethany. On the home front, she is happy and newly engaged to movie producer Paul Burnin and is the doting mom of now 11-year-old daughter, Bren. And with all of that, she eked out some time to be here today to talk about it all. Hi, Bethany. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. So good now. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, so I have we have so much to get into, but I just have to congratulate you. Congratulations on the engagement. How have these last few months been for you? Oh, great. Everything's really good. Everything's good. Business is good. Life is good. And summer is starting. So homeschool is over. Oh, my goodness. Thank God. I know my, my son just went back. Um, it's still like a hybrid situation, but even just the few hours I get of him out of the house, not having to figure that out is so welcomed. It's been nice. Wait, what part? Not homeschool. No, I mean, I love like, my daughter right now. She was just doing a TikTok in the living room. I love um, just getting to be with her. Like, it's sort of more exciting because she's off, you know, every other week. I, I love it. I just get to see her. I get to have lunch with her. And I mean, we've gotten very, very connected. We always were, but the pandemic connected many, many families in ways that we never expected. So it's been amazing. So with all that, all that you have going on and wedding planning, of course, uh, wh- what is Bethany Frankel's to-do list look like these days? Well, I'm renovating multiple homes at this time. My house in the Hamptons and um, I have a flip house in Connecticut and um, two two investment properties in Connecticut that I'm selling and bought another one to renovate. So I've been doing a lot of home renovations, which is time consuming and one in Massachusetts. And um, everything is going well. Work is really very busy and it has been the pandemic has been interesting and, and working with Scotch has been great because it's sort of a reminder about how to really shift and be effective and be efficient and how important small businesses are 
I mean, it could, a day could make a difference in the pandemic in someone staying in business or shutting down. And the, the company that uh, Scotch Brands Ship It Forward program gave a grant to and um, I'm going to be mentoring is a perfect example of a small business that might not thrive if it weren't for help and everyone needed help. And so you decided what you were made of during the pandemic. What was one of your your first uh, just pieces of advice, your tips to the winner? Well, I'm going to talk to them today and I'm going to say, I mean, listen, they're in a good business. It's sort of like a bespoke business of, uh, you know, where they source things that are conscientious and it's, uh, you know, natural sodas and it's artisan. It's very on trend. So I like that because people right now are spending oddly in different types of ways. So I feel like it's something that is unique. It's something that we're not, I'm not seeing that much of, but I want to figure out how they're really different than other people, how they can provide something that nobody else can because businesses beyond competitive and everybody thinks they have a brand and everybody thinks that they um, are an entrepreneur. So I want to understand if these people really are and, and, and if not, help guide them and see what they're like because it really is about the execution. I mean, I've spoken to so many uh, moguls and CEOs and, and brand builders on my podcast and the common thread is really setting yourself up for success, old school hard work, mm. not sort of the, 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 the flashy shortcuts. And that's what it is. If you just think gimmicks are going to make you successful, you're, you're, you're wrong. So, so I really think people need to really know that because it's great to have PR. It's great to have good social media. It's great to be, have a good website and be flashy, but what really works is hard work, old school, hard work. Nice. And we are seeing your hard work pay off yet again with a new brand, a new wine brand, Forever Young. So there was cocktails that everyone fell in love with. And now wine. Why why wine for you? I, I feel like you've dabbled, but this is like a, a big step. I see this trend now, particularly in rosé, where it's just like about a bottle and a price tag mm-hmm. and it doesn't taste that great. And it's become sort of superficial and she-she and kind of just flashy and poserish. Yeah. But it's not that good. And it always bothers me because you just look at the prices and you just sort of buy what's moderately priced, not the cheapest, not the most expensive. And I'm always disappointed. Mm, And mm -hmm. this is, this is wine from France. It's from uh, Saint-Tropez, I believe. And um, it's delicious. And I love France. It's just, it happens to be delicious. Like it's super, I use the word superb and I've never used that word before. It's, it's <laughs> superb tasting wine. Um, and in the red and the white and the rosé, I started off just wanting to do rosé, um, but all of the wine is delicious. And how are things going? We're, we're, we're twinsies right now with the podcast situation. So how are things going with Just Be? Um, just Be is doing incredibly well. Like I was shocked. Same thing. It's like, it's more, no pun, it's more organic now. Like just, I launch things because I love them and I don't have to spend six months just grinding like I did uh, when I started Skinny Girl. It, it just was a, a small podcast that I started with no production, no production value, just talking to people. I was shocked at the guests I was getting and the conversations. I mean, Matthew always- McConaughey. Come on. Well, McConaughey, Cheryl Sandberg, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I mean, you know, I have Chelsea Handler, Dave Portnoy. I mean, Mark Cuban, the quality is excellence because oh, that's yeah. what I want to talk. I want to talk to people who are at a way higher level than I am. I mean, you play tennis with someone better. You, you tell, I'll tell the business people today, 
surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. This is like me going, this is like a Harvard MBA. I'm talking to <laughs> geniuses and they're talking to me for an hour and 20 minutes, Kelly Ripa, about their whole trajectory. It's the greatest thing ever. Oh, well, who doesn't love talking to you, Bethany? Like, I mean, (laughs) it's just so easy to, and you're so real. And so I I, I know it's just a a great, I mean, I watched the Matthew McConaughey and the Tamron Hall one. You're just really, really good at it. Uh, So I I, want to ask you just with everything you have going on, you're such a boss, but, and my sister would kill me if I didn't ask you this. uh, You could buy yourself anything in the world, I feel like. But when you saw, you had that happy moment and it's, it's, it's all over right now. When you saw that beautiful engagement ring that Paul gave you, were you like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> I mean, the ring is absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And Paul's an absolutely beautiful person. And um, it's an exciting, fun time. Oh, my God. It is stunning. Thank you. Thank <laughs> well, you congrats so on everything. I, I'm, I'm looking you. forward to watching you in a million and different ways <laughs> because awesome. I can. So nice to talk to you, Jenny, and have a great day. That was Bethany Frankel. For more on her, head over to people.com. Now, something to make you smile. This story reminded me that there is no shame in asking for help. So during Memorial Day weekend last month, Isliani Rawashde was five feet deep in water at Edgemont Key in Florida playing volleyball when her custom engagement ring got lost. Yes, engagement rings and the ocean don't mix, but it happened. So she looked for it for six days, then realized she needed backup and called West State Archaeological Society, and they came to the rescue. With metal detectors in hand, they lent their time free of charge. And finally, they found it. To seize the moment, Rawashte's fiancé did this. Listen. He says, sometimes life just smiles at you and just put the ring in my finger again. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yes, a second proposal. (laughs) I love it. But next time, let's leave all prized possessions away from the water, people. (laughs) Talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow. 